same China, different stories. Rio's a one, one found her way in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted babies from China. Exciting to talk with you. You're actually a friend of Scene, right? And yes, that's true. Yes, who Scene was actually on, I think only a couple episodes ago or something. Yeah. Yes. That's about <laughs> right. But I'm with Shu Shu, who is also in the Netherlands. I was about to say Norway. Yes. Norway? <laughs> no. Netherlands? No, the Netherlands, yes. I was going to say, I don't know. <laughs> Netherlands, Norway. <laughs> And you're located whereabouts in the Netherlands? Uh, nearby Breda. It's in the south of uh, Holland. But oh. I grew up nearby Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, okay. I think that's the most notable city that m- many of us might know in the in the U.S. region. <laughs> yes, exactly. But Holland is very small, so... <laughs> yes, that's right. How far... If you were to drive, does it take only like a couple hours to get across all of Holland or is it? Uh, yes, I think a couple of hours because one province in Holland, Utrecht, that's as big as uh, New York City. So it's a small t- uh, yeah, country. <laughs> okay. I sometimes I forget that a lot of countries are a lot smaller because I think even like states, uh, I think the smallest states in the U.S. are maybe like as big as some countries outside of the U.S. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, it's so cool. We had a really nice conversation last time we spoke and I was like, yeah, let's, let's talk again. Yes, it was very nice to meet you and talk to you. Yeah. Well, if you could start off with sharing about your adoption and like where, how you ended up where you are today. <laughs> Uh, so I was adopted in uh, 1997 and I was uh, 70 months old. I was born in 1996 and I have one older sister. She's also adopted from China. Uh, she's from 1994 actually, so only two years apart. And our relationship is uh, has been very rough. <laughs> but lately now we are both adults we are more civilized <laughs> with mm-hmm. each other. In 2017, I also did like a birth parent search in China. Oh, wow. uh, so I thought it was very cool. But lately I'm more uh, processing that because when I came back, I didn't found. And it was very hard for me to talk about it. So I basically went on with my life and I was like, oh, I went to China, blah, blah. But I never... Yes, it's, I think, another trauma on the trauma you already have. Um, But I think lately I'm more at ease about it. And um, yeah, I'm starting to close that chapter about not finding, uh, yes, your birth parents, I guess. Right. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Because you have an older sister who's also adopted from China. And yes. What, what, how long ago did you go back to China for your search? Was that recently? 
uh, in 2017, so it's a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, yes. And now lately I'm starting to think with the COVID uh, and all that things, like maybe they passed away. Like that's a scary thought, I think. Right. I don't know if you ever thought about that. That that thought definitely has occurred to me. And I think it in conversations with other adoptees, we've actually said something about that too. Like it's very like it's possible with COVID that some of our birth parents may may or may or may not have come out from it, unfortunately. Yes, yeah. exactly. And also because I was like very confused when I came back from the birth parent search. Mm-hmm. I did like uh I went to uh, someone, a psychologist, but also like other mental things where you can go. So I was, I went to one woman and she was like more spiritually. And she told me that my birth mom was like, uh, has passed away. And she also named a particular name, but I don't know if that's true because I'm like still mm-hmm. hesitating about that. So I think I take that kind of things lightly, if you <laughs> understand. Yeah, I see what you say. Oh, man. Did you go back to China by yourself or did you go with anybody or a translator or anything to help with the process? Uh, actually, I went with my parents. Mm. Um, so it was nice. Uh, they came with me. But also, I was like very conflicted about it because my bond with my parents is not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in uh, the times I was still in uh, college. Um, so it was nice they went with me. But on the other hand, I don't have a deep connection with it. So, uh, yeah, it's like a little bit, I want them to be here, but also you don't want to want them to be here because you think I can do this alone but actually you cannot (laughs) it's Mm. like difficult Um, and we also hired a searcher so that was like uh, oh yeah yeah so we went with a searcher um, and I also uh, have been on the provincial television and in uh, the newspaper Mm -hmm. and we also uh, flyered so um yeah we made like a flyer with all my uh, information information exactly and i remember we were at the market and one woman uh, told uh, us that she lost her uh, daughter Mm -hmm. like i think she was 10 years old and she was very mad uh, at us and i was like very shocked Mm -hmm. because she said yeah, my daughter has been stolen in China and I cannot uh, find her. So uh, why do you think you can find your parents after that amount of time? And I was like so shocked, you know, Mm -hmm. and I understand her pain, but it was like in your face, you know? Yeah. The, the, also the one thing, uh, yeah, there was one woman, another woman at the market and she also uh yeah Mm. gave up a baby in 1996 but yeah later on it was uh, other uh yeah year of birth so it was very 
you come across all these stories of people who lived there that was very hard and actually I did a DNA test with one father one bird mm -hmm. father and he told uh, us that his daughter was from October 1997 and I already had my doubts you know mm -hmm. but we did actually a DNA uh, test and it came out uh, yeah that he was not the bird uh, father Mm -hmm. But later on, his daughter, he had a son uh, and a daughter. So first was his oldest daughter, then uh, the baby they gave up, and then another son. So, yeah, very typical. They wanted, like, a boy. Right. And But he was, like, so, uh, yeah, oh, I want you to be my daughter. And it was very heavy because mm -hmm. I felt very, uh, yeah in guilt I guess because I opened also their trauma so I felt responsible for that and his mm -hmm. daughter started to message me on WeChat from oh although oh. you are not my sister uh, I I feel like you are and that was very yeah difficult and painful for me because yeah it's hard to say but if they are not like biological related to me it's yeah it's not what you want you know it's yeah. just another bird family who has been very traumatized by mm -hmm. giving up their baby so yeah that was very confusing I guess oh I'm sure it's already I'm a lot of emotion with your own experience and then the sense of obligation with all the guilt on all the different parties to I think I've actually heard that before that this happens even if there's not a match sometimes families still feel connected to the child or the person who's not their biological child just because they can't find or haven't found yet their own biological child or sibling that they were lost or something that's it's kind of crazy it's I'm surprised that in the market that a couple women or I guess a couple people shared about their own stories of their own children being taken away because it almost seems a lot of times that people will avoid having a conversation too in depth about a loss or a trauma like that especially I mean I thought in China they don't really want to like go that deep into the stories of their own experiences so I'm actually really surprised that a couple people when you were at the market shared that their own baby was taken away from them or they can't like there's a lot of anger I'm sure but I'm yes like, exactly <laughs> I was also very surprised because mm -hmm. the yeah you portray in your head that Chinese people are very close about their emotions and then you come in the market and they they are so open about private mm -hmm. stuff and I was like whoa you know yeah and in my head I was thinking oh I will hand these people my flyer and like okay bye thank you yeah uh, you know you'll go home and talk about it amongst your family and then yes you know. exactly yeah oh my goodness so how long were you there in China for was it a few days or a couple weeks uh I think two weeks so two weeks. like not very a long time but I think good enough oh wow it's really I think it's great that you're working through and coming to terms sort of like with the process before and then 
I mean, I don't know. In the future, there could be a possibility that it opens up again, but I can imagine you have to take some time. It comes in ways. You can't, it's hard to go really strong consistently. I, I, that's what I imagine. To... Yes, exactly. And also like the emotional, uh, uh, you need to have a lot of emotional capacity for it and also like take the time in your life to do such things. So I'm now in a point in my life I feel uh, better actually, like moving beyond my trauma and the past and all things that mm-hmm. has happened so I think it's too painful for me to start it like now again because you rip another <laughs> hole open yeah and then because you were saying also you have an older sister who's adopted which is interesting I think we talked about this last time I was like a lot of adoptees that I've met who have siblings it's usually their younger sibling who doesn't talk about their adoption as much and the older sibling is more open and wanting to share their story and I think you mentioned that your older sister actually um, doesn't really talk about it too much or I guess if you guys are not weren't too close or a little bit more distant I mean I definitely understand sibling relationship where it's not very <laughs> close so yes <laughs> it's like oh that's a so growing up, it's not like you guys ever, the two of you didn't always have conversations about adoption, I'm sure, probably other things, but it never came up at all? Or No, it never came up. Actually, mm-hmm. my sister and I, in our teenage years, she's only two years apart of me, mm-hmm. and she wanted to be the older sister. And actually, um, she was uh, two classes ahead of me, but one day she um how do you say that in english like you have to you need to redo another class so there was only one class apart between us Mm -hmm. and then um basically i went uh, higher in education and she uh had very uh trouble in school so for Mm -hmm. her it was very hard to compete with the others and I think that's also one of her issues that she wanted to be the older sister, but in um, like development, we were very close. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one thing. And the other thing is she's like, she takes it more day by day, take life in more lightly. So she was like, no, I'm fine here. Mm -hmm. And if I started to talk about oh I want like a Chinese passport and I want to go back and I want to learn the language and she was like why you know so Mm, I didn't understand why she was like taking it so lightly I I thought whoa you have you maybe your mother is still alive maybe she misses you Mm -hmm. you don't care about that and she was like why is she worrying about the past you know Mm -hmm. so it was a lot of misunderstanding. Yeah. And but and then now in present, you guys are a little bit, I guess you guys are more civil, you said. So I was like, oh, I guess you just talk about more surface stuff. Like, how's your day? Yes. <laughs> it's, it's more like, how's your day? What are you going to do tomorrow? Or how's your work? But not like in depth. Mm-hmm. We don't share our, our feelings. And I have to say, she's like a, copy of my mother of my oh. adoptive mother and I also like 
my bond with my adoptive mother is not good <laughs> mm-hmm. so the thing she says i'm like oh you sound like our mother so, mm. <laughs> and i'm like oh no that's very bad yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting too because it's the whole conversation about is it your personality what you were born with or is it also with how you were raised to so the nurture nature conversation but I don't know. I think it kind of depends too. Because if, if it's a root of your personality to really want to please people, you might just learn that from how your parents do it too. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a strong believer that a lot of our, the way we interact sometimes is how we're raised. Because that's what we're learning. Yes. That's how we're taught. Um, it's only when I we're so older, <laughs> right? It's only when we're older that we can change how that is but it can be hard depending when you discover it's like I don't want to interact the way that I've been raised even though that's worked for them I want to try a different way Um, yes I agree yeah because sometimes the things I was irritated by my mother and then I see sometimes myself doing that and I'm like (laughs) no that's so that's not what I want you know like Mm-hmm. for example planning things ahead my mom is also making lists and making sure everything's like going on smoothly like sending mm-hmm. me emails uh still nowadays she's sending me emails from like things I need to do or and then I'm like oh my god don't send me those emails I'm a grown-up woman mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when I need to plan some things I'm 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 doing lists you know and I'm thinking oh no <laughs> look I'm doing what my mother did yes (laughs) not to say that I I think even if our relationships with our adoptive parents or I guess even birth parents too because some people have reunited are not great I I guess we always find traits and qualities from each person that were helpful for us so can't say I don't appreciate some things I've learned from my from my mom (laughs) yeah I'm very uh, I'm very much I don't hold on to things physically. I, I'm really good at like purging now <laughs> and getting rid of stuff. So it's like, that's always good too, despite the, I think sometimes we always find we focus on the not so great things, which then uh, eclipse, not eclipse. I can't think of the right word for this, but where it yeah. takes up more brain power and energy and space than that good stuff, which uh, that's why time is our best friend. <laughs> yes exactly and you need to see sometimes like the good things in the bad stuff you mm-hmm. yeah have that experience so that's good you can also like take some advantages <laughs> from yeah it. well I think something that I noticed about you and then Sina so I mentioned this too it's like it's like a self-awareness like as, as long as we're aware of like the changes or the things that we don't enjoy about relationships we have we end up being able to like change or shift how we approach them and it's like oh it's, a, it's always so cool when you told me when you were born I was like oh my gosh you're so I mean you're not so young but you're you're young I mean I'm young too but it's like oh you're even younger and I was like how just I'm like wondering it always makes me wonder have you always been sort of like aware of your surroundings more even as a child like you're always like taking in the information yes I think so because like when I was in 
how do you say that in the, like the American school system, I think, mm. uh, primary school? Yeah, like, yeah, like primary school. When you're school. like five, six, seven years old. Mm -hmm. And like normal children, they play with their other kids. And I, I always wanted to be alone. So mm -hmm. my mother came to pick me up from school and I was like sitting there alone in the car I don't like in the play car of course on the playground yeah like thinking about life I don't know what I was doing there mm -hmm. and um when I came home I I in my head I always was questioning from why do I look like this and my mother bought a book for me mm -hmm. and that was like a, a, a kind of uh, sexual education for children like this mm. the mother this the father and how the baby look like and I, oh I always was like oh but I don't look like look, my parents yeah. so how yeah what happened and I also was all, always was interesting in like DNA and stuff like mm -hmm. and when I uh, up to today when I see like a family I always look like for similarities and then I mm -hmm. think or you look like your mother or you look like your father or yeah. uh, you are a mix and I always was like intrigued by that so mm -hmm. um, yeah so I was very aware of my surroundings but it also like in my head I longed for it you know for somebody who looked yeah. like me so that's also like you portray that on your interest mm -hmm. I wonder if it's always, I mean, this is a little bit of a generalization, but I feel like to an extent, we all as adoptees want to know what our, what we look like, like who we got it mm -hmm. from. Like, is it the father or the mother? I feel like to an extent, we all want that. And that's like a big yes. reason to look. And then I'm sure there's other reasons. There definitely are other reasons that people will <laughs> look. I, I, I didn't ask, but your parents, are they well they're Dutch so is that like blonde hair and blue eyes or yes they are uh, white just, yeah just Dutch <laughs> just Dutch <laughs> yeah. yeah I know yeah because yeah. most of us are transracial adoptees so it's like most of our parents are indeed white there's a handful that I talked to adoptees I've spoken with that are like no I'm, my mother's like Chinese and my mother's this other race that's not white it's like whoa yes I the think whole... that's so cool I don't know why <laughs> her name's Alia she lives she lives in New York City now yes and I think she grew up in New York City her mother is Chinese and her father oh, cool. is like Pakistani and then her oh, brother wow. yeah she's got a brother who's also adopted I think from is her brother also adopted I forget but it's kind of like she's Chinese and then the brother is like Pakistani, but they, the culture wise, like she's more attracted or, or like in line with the other culture. And then her brother's more in tune with like the Chinese side. I was like, whoa, this is so interesting. Whoa, that's, that's very interesting. Yeah. I talked to also very cool. Yeah. I talked with her on an episode too. And we definitely go into it. I can't remember every conversation. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's is your brother? <laughs> It is cool. I think that's a wonderful thing about being able to have like a platform just to be like, I want to talk to you and learn more about your life and give some insight about the world. Yes, exactly. And I always 
I'm more interested to people with like another culture, cultural background, you know? Yeah. And I I, I was just never interested to talk with like <laughs> Dutch people. And that's what? not in a rude way. But yeah. I, I wanted to, I, I felt different. So I was like, whoa, they're also like, you know, a different mm-hmm. population. And I really just like it to hang out with people from different cultures you know oh yeah that's I feel like I share that same perspective from like the American side it's like I want to talk to people who aren't all American either and uh, especially in New York City though you have a lot of I guess yeah you have a lot of immigrants that come to the come to the U.S. for either study or just that they come their families are their families come and they're born here so first generation and even speaking with people who are not originally from the U.S. or didn't grow up in the U.S. It's pretty fascinating, too. And it's only been probably in the last couple of years where I've really, like, started speaking with people who are, like, Chinese, grew up in the Chinese, grew up in Chinese, grew up in China <laughs> and the culture, and they come here. Yes, that's so cool. It's so cool. It's like, wow, I can't believe that we just didn't, I don't know why I just didn't talk to so many people of different cultures. Like, yes exactly and do you like also uh take some of their um cultural uh things you also like implemented in your life like for mm-hmm. example chinese new year or mm-hmm. maybe other habits they have uh, i don't think i've really taken any of the habits that they have done too much because it's a lot more it's a lot of work to like plan like a new year celebration I would say I definitely probably pay more selfishly pay attention to like the differences between like being an adoptee in the culture and then being like Mm -hmm. a first generation immigrant and then or being like a exchange not yeah I guess first generation or second generation immigrant too I think I definitely look at more like the differences it's pretty cool to like go to an, an event or something where everybody has these different backgrounds and being able to learn and just experience the culture that you didn't because you're like oh this is so different (laughs) yes that's so cool but I had recently a conversation with one of my friends Mm -hmm. and she's uh, Chinese uh, from uh, I think her grandmother and her grandfather came to Holland Mm. so she's like second generation Chinese and we talked about like the cultural things I missed in my life, like for example, yeah. Chinese New Year, or um, I don't know, I really like it that Chinese people put off their shoes uh, off in the house, you know? So oh, yeah. that's one thing I implemented in my household. Mm-hmm. And um, she told me that she also is not very familiar with like some of the yeah Chinese cultural habits. Mm-hmm. like for example another friend of us she was like um sitting and she told her oh i cannot eat eat ice cream or cold drinks and she was like huh oh yeah why and then she told uh, her that she was on her period and like in chinese culture it's not mm. uh, appropriate to do that when you are like having your period mm-hmm. and Yes, I was very like maybe 
happy is not a good word, but I maybe I was glad that she also felt some of those like things mm. she don't know about culture. I was like, oh, I can yeah. relate to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. so you have. Oh, I think we did mention this last time we spoke. Uh, you have like friendships with uh, like a lot of Chinese people too, right? And then um, how did you, I guess, did you meet a lot of people while in education system too, like when you were younger or? Um, no, not in education system because where I grew up is like very, very white. Mm. <laughs> and I think only uh, me and another Moroccan guy was in my class so mm-hmm. it was very wide um but through online i got more friends you know oh. uh, and i talked to them so that's how it like started mm-hmm. but my first uh, asian friend was a friend of my uh, neighbor mm-hmm. and she was from thailand so that's that i think i was 14 years old so Mm-hmm. Then I visited their house and I was like, whoa, all those yeah, golden Buddha statues. Yeah. I think, oh, whoa, that is so cool, you know. And yeah, through that, I like extended it through their friends. And mainly the friends I hang out these days is because I worked in a sushi restaurant. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of children from yeah, migrants. Mm-hmm. so that's where I get to know the culture more and also like their payment system is different from a Dutch system so mm-hmm. all that kind of things I learned there that I think was so cool <laughs> yeah okay I have to remember I'm gonna put a break in do you think you'll go back to China in the future at some point um, not necessarily even where you're from, because I know you did the search back in two, 2017. Do you think you would go back to China in general? Is there anywhere you would want to go in China? Or you're like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> no more China. Uh, I really want to go back, actually. I wanna, want to show like my husband where I came from. I think mm. that's very important. Also, like, and then doing like... Um, around through China so Beijing Hong Kong and also Kunming um to like yeah show him what's China about but Mm -hmm. the other thing I'm hesitating about is because I don't speak Chinese I tried it two times and I know it's not an excuse but Mm -hmm. it's very hard if you're not like 100% committed or like can fully invest your time in it Mm. so it's the same like um uh, hardships i feel here because of my appearance i am chinese but also like dutch you know mm-hmm. that kind of things i feel there because i cannot speak chinese and then it's very uncomfortable like they start talking chinese to you yeah. but then you have to say i cannot Understand. speak chinese <laughs> And then they ask, oh, but you are Chinese. And then I'm, yes, but I'm adopted. And then Mm -hmm. they say, oh, but you need to learn it because it's your mother language. And I think, yeah, it's like you get confronted with the things you are running away from, I guess. Mm -hmm. So that's like sometimes hard. Do you also feel that? 
I I definitely felt that a lot more stronger when I had gone back. I think when I had gone back when I was much younger, around 11 years old, mm-hmm. went to a different part. I actually went back to my hometown, hometown, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Was it also 2017? I'm trying to think how long it's been because oh, 2020 will was, be nice. Oh. I think I also when we went back at the same year or the year mm-hmm. after. And I knew a little bit of Chinese. And for me, mm-hmm. I just sort of, if I was with my father, who's American, I yes. usually wouldn't speak because I was overwhelmed because my, my father actually can speak Mandarin pretty well. He's been studying for oh, many years. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And there's a lot of um, having somebody who's an American speak Chinese well. It definitely takes over a lot of the conversation versus like being a Chinese person and not speaking Chinese very well. But when I was on my own, because there were opportunities I was by myself traveling mm-hmm. uh, or like being able to do my own thing, that then I would speak more confidently because I was alone. <laughs> it was great. And then in that instance, people actually appreciated that I was trying because I would say, it's like, oh, I'm an American. Well, I'm trying to get here. How do I get here? And people were like, oh, it's good. You're trying. So it was like a mix. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. When I was by myself, I felt like I could speak, but when I was with my father, I felt kind of intimidated because my dad can't actually speak more. <laughs> like, oh. Yes, I understand. And uh, whoa, that's very cool. I think he can speak Chinese. It is, yeah. I do admire that. Growing up, my father always would try to like. He he always was connected to Chinese culture. And, I mean, other than having a daughter from China, mm-hmm. but also the speaking and the. Just sharing connections, and he made friendships using uh, the early days of the internet. There was different like websites and stuff that you could make friends in China. Uh, so he always connected with the culture, and I was always like aware of it. So I do appreciate my dad for that. It's unfortunate now because presently I haven't, we haven't spoken. There's been so much other things going on that we haven't really spoken. So it's uh in uh, in my my experience especially with the recent recent events, as we all know, um, this mm-hmm. is the first where my parents and I were not, it's not a good relationship right now. It's kind of a very mm-hmm. rocky one, but I do always mm-hmm. appreciate the, uh, the fact that my father was always connected with the culture and always like had it introduced to me or was always there. And my, and my mother also, I mean, she would take me to like Chinese dance class when I was younger. So it's like, it's there. It's very complicated feelings, but I do always appreciate that. And then present now in the in in New York City, especially because there's a lot more, there's a lot of diversity, a lot of different groups of people, different languages of all kinds of people who live in the city. Uh, I've been able to, I think even now I'm just much more confident and like, I'm going to just speak the language, even though I only know very generic sentences. And uh, they actually help. They actually help, like, correct me. And, like, this is how you should say it. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. I was like, oh, yay. (laughs) So I think there's always... That's very helpful. It's very helpful. I think it's a lot of the... Because I think you said it earlier. There's, like, so much we're struggling with internally that we don't want to add, like, another thing. And, like, oh. But I, I have found that for the most part people really do want to like help versus 
I mean, there's definitely not good people out there in the world too, but for in general, I feel like people actually really do want to connect with each other, especially maybe COVID has brought that upon us to be like, we want to connect more. I don't know. I, I really think that too. But um, you told me that you your bond with your parents is like not that good. Yeah. And we also talked about like um, your surname. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like very Irish, I think. You yes. On social channels, I used my Chinese surname, which is Shen, but that's also my middle name and my American mm-hmm. name. And I thought it was interesting that it's like we are able to like almost have a different persona on the on the interwebs with just like changing our name. But like, did you ever uh, think of change uh, your name like hmm. legally? No, I actually haven't. I think it's because I'm lazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know when you change your name, you have to do a lot of other things too when you change paperwork uh, paperwork a lot of paperwork my thought is like because it did occur to me my thought was like I mean I'm just too lazy to do it now but if I were to ever change it uh maybe if I got married maybe that's an opportunity to change it I don't really know (laughs) otherwise I'm like I'm okay I don't really want to change my name (laughs) yes I can understand that yeah did you change your name when you got married or no you kept your name no I, I was like no I'm really happy <laughs> to finally get detached from their last name so I only choose uh, my husband's last name because mm-hmm. you can also like uh, do like both um, mm-hmm. uh, but I choose his name but lately I'm thinking I I still want like to change my last name to my mm-hmm. Chinese last name because it's I think more important for for you and mm-hmm. also like you have a lot of things in adoption that yeah you need to deal with it like trauma loss and also like building relationships but one of I think the nicest thing about adoption is actually you can choose uh, who you want to hang out with like mm-hmm. not that I say I, I don't want to uh detached from my uh, adoptive parents forever but it's one of the things that's also like not hard to do in comparison Mm. to like uh if you are biologically uh a child from them then it's i think harder to do so i think that's one of the pros you can Mm -hmm. choose really uh who's important in your life and who's not so in my particular case i like don't get me wrong i'm still happy like they brought uh yeah they made me the woman who i am today but on the other hand that deep bond i don't feel with them and Mm -hmm. i also think it's in a way rude that they changed my name that i got in china you know like oh we just name her like this and this and this because we like it but I already had a name so Mm. um, you get like detached from your culture but also from your name and like also I was very small you know but a one-year-old knows his or her own name so and then yeah for example Mm. if you had like a baby 
your own and one day it's called this and then all of a sudden two years two years later you start to call him like another name and I think the baby will also think like whoa mm-hmm. is that me or not <laughs> yeah that is that's a really interesting point you bring up about names though because I was adopted at four mm-hmm. and I'm I I I I attribute it to probably just my memory blocked out all those first four years. So I never really associated with my Chinese name until much later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think also that's another part of us all being female is even if we do wed, I said, yeah, if we do wed, we can change our name to whatever our partner or husband's name is. But I guess if you get married to another female it's a different story I'm not really sure how that works but if we yeah I guess it's I guess I'm referring to in a heterosexual relationship that if it's a female marries a male then you can change your name to like the male's last name um, versus and I think that's like a general thought of like I guess we can always change our identity I think Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever really gotten to the conversation about like our identity associated with our name as strong or as much as we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. And it's because uh, I'm not sure if your Chinese name that was given to you was also from the the Welfare Institute, because I, I think. Yes. Yeah. OK. Me? Mine was also. Yeah. My name was okay. also given to me by the Welfare Institute. And I, I think I have heard some adoptees say like, well, that's not really my name because it was a name given to me as a result of being abandoned. And then others, I think, it, I mean, it depends. I think it's, I agree. I think it helps us connect to that part of our ourselves because that is a part of who we are is the whole experience of being in a social welfare institute. But I mean, truly, my American name is a very easy name to spell. So that's what I was like, this is, <laughs> yes. I have, I have said that as like, if I used my Chinese name, and I had to like, fill out the, I don't know if in exams, you had like the little bubbles. <laughs> if I had to use the bubbles with my Chinese name, it would take me forever versus just my American name is four letters. So yes, easy. <laughs> so I may not be the best person to have great insight on that because it's part a part of it is just I'm lazy and it's easy to spell (laughs) yes I understand (laughs) versus I think your your Dutch name is actually like would take a little bit more work to fill out the bubbles or like write it down and explain how to spell it to people it's funny this competition makes me think of I've started to date a guy Mm -hmm. and his last name is first like f-i-r-s-t that's that's funny (laughs) and I was just like I guess you don't have you don't have any other name except this name like this is your given name (laughs) is first uh he's like you don't have like some other language name to go off of it's like man I kind of like that I have like two names that I can use whenever (laughs) I want I can change my uh my preference yes exactly like because it's like shen is also actually pretty easy to spell so I can't complain Mm -hmm. there but it's so interesting how like our name names are a pretty big part of our identity too I don't think we can just point to someone and call you it or something yes I think it's very vivid also because we like hear like for example an Arabic name people like 
have other associations with it than like you called Lauren, for example. Mm-hmm. That's true. And I and that's also true of um, like Chinese names too. There's a lot of symbolism within the names usually of kids and or yeah, of the characters and but there's so much. I feel like we get to have in a way we get to have like two I don't know it's like can I be my Chinese name when I'm thinking about adoption and Chinese culture and can I be my English name when I don't want to think about my adoption and culture yeah I can <laughs> sometimes yes no, that's also nice that's a really nice thought I'm gonna be thinking about this today <laughs> we have like a dual, dual identity <laughs> yeah it's like, I guess it is like a dual identity and just being able to speak with somebody about it is really helpful. Yes, is your exactly. is your husband Amer- uh, not American? I don't think your husband's American. Is your husband Dutch too, <laughs> or is he? He's like a Dutch Indonesian. Oh, uh, so he looks like a kind of Asian, mm-hmm. um, but like long story short is <laughs> he's like a mixture from like dutch indonesian i don't know mm. how it exactly went but people do seem like as an asian so mm-hmm. that's i think nice because i can relate to that right yeah and uh, your uh, boyfriend uh, he's not boyfriend yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after this you. podcast. I know. Who knows? It's only been a couple <laughs> months. I've been joking and calling him my man friend because he is a man and he is a friend. He's he's American. Oh, he actually is like nice. one of one of like four siblings, mm-hmm. <laughs> all boys. He's nice. He's nice. I, I there was a period where I was like, I don't want to date an American mm-hmm. or a white guy. I mean, I did date like a guy who's Filipino American and I just thought I was like, oh, it's kind of nice to have that. But at the same time, there was like more of an awareness that I'm not, that's like, I'm not really that, I, I didn't grow up in a culture of like an Asian culture. So I don't know. Yes, it's like, sometimes it's, that's hard because like um, the uncle of my husband, he also uh, say to me like, Oh, but it's so cool. Um, you didn't have like the Chinese uh, cultural things in your life growing up, but you are easily adapting in our culture, like in their mm-hmm. Indonesian culture. I'm like, well, do you know what you're saying actually? Because that's so rude. Like, yes. the fact <laughs> that I'm brought up in a white family doesn't like detach me from my Chinese heritage you know it's like so rude and I was like whoa (laughs) and it it also like hurt hurts me and he said it like a couple of times and I was so shocked that I didn't want to like give him like a whole lecture of why that's not (laughs) appropriate to do or not for example if somebody identify uh, him or herself with like being gay it's not for me to say oh but you're this and that like right that's your own feeling no no one can tell you how you feel and I was like oh and I was sitting there like oh you know yeah 
that's but I wonder if that person see that's like a self-awareness thing was that person aware that that was like really rude to say <laughs> I, I don't think so because he's like he's like a special kind of man you know not <laughs> a regular guy uh, uh, he just like say everything he thinks but still mm. it's rude <laughs> yeah so that's still yeah pretty rude so i understand uh like what you're saying like you want to identify with your chinese background but if you are in a setting with people who really grew up in that culture you still like feeling a little bit odd sometimes mm-hmm. yeah or especially when people ask me at my work or uh, friends that well, they are not friends like people <laughs> that I come across randomly and they ask oh uh, but how do you guys uh, do that or uh, do you also have like your own restaurant and I'm like no I'm adopted and I just think it's horrible to say it because I don't want to say it actually yeah and but you you actually like yeah because otherwise if you say no they don't or we -hmm. don't do that in our household they'd be like oh whoa why not and then you still come up point you need to say like hey Mm -hmm. i'm adopted you know i have white parents so that's it (laughs) Mm -hmm. well this has been great conversation i think i'm gonna close up because i know you probably you say you have to to walk your dog i actually have to go check in on a dog too soon too but um because we we covered all the like stuff i usually ask which is wonderful and then we talk about something new and that's always wonderful too and I'm sure we'll keep in touch because it's always nice to like keep hearing about your journey and where you're going and uh, I don't know like in a year two years it's like maybe things will change how you feel about stuff so it's always kind of cool to like see where people are um, especially as we get further and further away from this COVID experience. <laughs> yes, that, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Is there is there anything you want to hear from other adoptees or others who want to know about adoption, especially like Chinese adoption? Um, that's a hard question, but I think like, I'm more like interested in the relationship relationship like uh, adopt Chinese adoptees have with their like uh, parents and their siblings mm. because um, I noticed that the people I talk to like don't have like a good relationship with their mm. uh, adoptive family. So maybe it's because we're like more interested in our like background i don't know like what is the Mm. connection with it so i think that's also very interesting to maybe Mm -hmm. maybe delve into that yeah i agree i think it's also um, i definitely have heard a mix i think it also helps to hear from adoptees who do have a good relationship with their family Mm -hmm. that their adoptive parents or their siblings because oh, it kind of gives you 
I don't know, I think it helps like lessen the intensity of our own relationships if they aren't great. Uh, if you hear about the good ones too, it's like, oh, that's that's good that you have like a good relationship. And I think it gives like a different perspective. So it's like, okay, not every, not every trauma is a bad thing, fortunately. There's always good too. But yeah, I agree. I, I like to hear about that a lot too. <laughs> like, oh, yes, exactly. Because... I think that it's also important mm-hmm. because many times I thought, oh, if I grew up like in a different family, like another adoptive family, maybe I would have like a better bond with my adoptive parents because in my head is a kind of Russian roulette. It would be possible I grew up in the States or in Norway or in Spain. It's yeah. like, so I was like, whoa. If I grew up in the other family, maybe I was like more satisfied. But yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that, that's a difficult to answer. <laughs> it is. I know because I. I mean, I'm. I'm sure I've had that thought. I'm sure many people we ask probably have had that thought. Like, oh, if I was in like a family in this different country or just a different state in the U.S., like, what would it be like? Hmm, would it be better? <laughs> it's always like I know that's a tough thing and I I think a part of what helps to especially recently becoming more knowledgeable is a lot of a lot of us who are not adopted like a lot of people I speak with um, it's like their parents didn't really get to choose their child that they gave birth to per se their biological children Mm -hmm. and even in my own family it's the same experience it's like my parents didn't necessarily get to choose how my two brothers would turn out to be and my two brothers didn't get to choose who their parents are either. And I was like, well, I guess that's a helpful way of a little bit, a little bit, because it is still different. That's comforting. Yeah, it's like, it's still different, of course. That's like, I mean, biological difference aside, it's like, okay, I guess they didn't get to choose their kids and the kids didn't choose their parents. So I don't know. Yes, Um, oh, that's a wonderful actually thought because, I never really thought of that. So that's mm. good to I think like see that perspective. Yeah, I think it's uh it really comes down to when we're able to choose who our own family is. That's like of course you chose to marry your husband, like that's when it becomes a different story of like Yes. <laughs> choosing versus when you have children or adopt even it's a completely different thought but like choosing your partner in life or choosing that's a that's a whole different thing you can't can't really can't say that um that is more your responsibility of how that turns out yes. your decision and that that's also like what I meant with uh like your adoptive family so mm-hmm. like biologically you cannot like choose your child or yeah or yeah your brother or your sister but when we as adoptees we can choose like more um yeah i think independent from like the blood relationship if we want to have connection with the adoptive parents so i think it's easier to detach and also to um maybe attach to i don't know some aunt or another mother or father figure that you want to be in your life so that's like one opportunity I guess Mm -hmm. oh yes (laughs) that is very true (laughs) (laughs) 
it's a good thought to end on I think that's true it's like yeah I think as adoptees it's easier to definitely detach and then choose where we would like to develop that relationship I agree so true <laughs> yes that's a nice note to end yeah would you oh would you like to share your Instagram and people could connect with you or follow you and talk more if they have more questions oh that that would be fine yeah what what is what is your Instagram could you spell it um okay <laughs> I'm trying uh, to remember now okay uh then like e like uh from anna <laughs> mm. r uh l uh e uh g n and then w u uh, i think i hope i spelled correctly for that's right i forget the oh my gosh i think this happened with scene too i was like oh right that's a different alphabet yeah okay I, I will thank you later otherwise yeah i was like we'll spell it again <laughs> uh, that's so yeah. fascinating i forgot yes you guys are on a different alphabet than america um, and I guess yes, you and it's something you don't use it on a regular basis yeah english so i'm like uh, <laughs> uh oh my gosh leave it to us Americans to uh, forget that <laughs> <laughs> different alphabet of course yes well I'll re I'll reshare it and the, the the American spelling I should say the I guess English spelling um because that's right English is your second language I would say right because you speak Dutch as your first <laughs> yes and I when I talk English I sometimes hear myself making mistakes but I think oh they will understand me <laughs> I mean it's more power to most of the world because they speak English as like a second language along with their their native tongue versus in America I think we take it for granted that it's like oh yeah English everybody's <laughs> English. <laughs> so yes I was like, yeah. so, so it's like prop it's like props to the people who don't have English as their first language but they still learn it anyway because it's a tough language it's the tough language <laughs> yes exactly like with like uh past continuous present continuous i always like in high school was uh. yes <laughs> like, wow. and that's very hard to comprehend <laughs> i'll just words <laughs> yes exactly all right thank you again for talking and recording it's always so cool to like I don't know. I always feel so happy when I have these recordings with people and like just hearing uh, and hopefully if you can like listen or speak with like other adoptees too who have just like different experiences. I think it's always surprising to hear the similarities even though we know them but also to hear the differences too. It's like oh wow that's really fascinating. Yes that's very nice. Thank you for the uh, for the conversation and uh, we definitely stay in touch yes yes and we can always chat again not recording because i've enjoyed our conversations yes that would be nice and also with seeing yes also with seeing yes we must yes, do that this would be nice. we yes. will we will find a time i have the um marathon coming up 
this weekend. So I probably won't do anything for like two weeks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I heard it in one of your recordings. So yeah. I wish you so much the best of luck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. You're doing the whole one or I'm the... doing the whole one. Wow. That's that's wow. Amazing. I think it's like 40 something K, 40 something K yes. kilometers. And then 26.2 miles. I don't remember what the kilometer conversion is, but that's a, it's a lot. It's yes. still a lot. Yes, that's a lot. Wow. That's <laughs> it's like a so lot of kilometers. Cool. Yeah. I wish you the best. And then uh, after two weeks, we will plan something. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Yay. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for listening to ABC. You can reach me at Adopted Babies from China pod on Instagram and Facebook and Adopted Babies from China at gmail.com if you'd like to share your story. Yay. <laughs> Talk to you later.